Welcome to LifePoint Church. Our mission is to glorify God and make gospel-driven disciples by engaging people in the unexpected joy of a life more and more dependent on Jesus. Malachi 2, 1-9 And now, O priests, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But, but you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many people to stumble by your instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. And so I make you despised and abased before all the people, inasmuch as you do not keep my ways, but show partiality in your instruction. Hey, so this past week, uh, I met with, uh, I represent our church with the Fort Collins Church Network, and we got a chance to gather, and about 15, I don't know, maybe 20 of us, and we gathered together to pray and encourage one another. Uh, but we introduce ourselves each week, or each month, we, we meet monthly, we uh, introduce ourselves, and this question this week was, what are you preaching? So uh, we've got to go around the room and hear that different churches are preaching, uh, starting Matthew, starting Luke. Uh, a lot of people going through the Gospels, a lot of churches going through the Gospels. Uh, another friend of mine says, we are starting a series on party like Jesus. <laughs> Got to me and I said, I'm Craig from LifePoint Church and we're going through Malachi. And the guy leading the discussion, he's like, Malachi, really? Like, yep. We value scripture. We start and stay with scripture. We have that motivate us. We don't. We try not to. We we try not to skip around and skip around hard passages. Today's a a particularly hard passage uh, for me, preacher and pastor, uh, leader, and to take a look at how God responded to some priests who went their own way and went about pleasing men instead of pleasing God. So it is, uh, as we go through this together, I think you'll see and appreciate uh, the sovereignty of our Lord and what He's able to do. And I think that all of us, uh, leadership first, but uh, all of us should be trembling before a holy God. And so let's do that together. Let's go to God in prayer together. Father, I pray, uh, I pray for all those churches, my friends who are preaching right now, uh, your word, 
And I pray that you would be with them, that they would communicate with clarity and conviction uh, the full scriptures as they ought to be preached. And be with me now. Be with our church now. In a similar way, God, reveal uh, your word to us. And may our hearts, each one of our hearts in this room and online at home, may our hearts be available to you. We render them available to you because we trust you. And so would you do your surgery on our hearts and correct us from our wayward ways that we love to please ourselves, please one another, And forgive us for not pleasing you first. So guide us. May we yield to your instruction. May we yield to your beautiful Holy Spirit that guides us in truth and righteousness. Let me give you this time in worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's peach season. Palisade peaches. You have any lovers of Palisade peaches here? God bless you. I am as well. Ever come across a peach on, the, on, your, on your table that's maybe close to the wall and it is looking beautiful? It's been there for a minute and it looks beautiful. And you go to grab that peach and you pull that peach out of the bowl and half of it comes with you. And the other half is a soggy, drippy, fermented, on its way to peach brandy type of place. It is not well. That's similar to what was happening in the temple at this time of Malachi. He brings this message um, to the church, to the priests specifically, that the temple is operating. It is happening. And the priests have their... Their garb on, their dress on, and they're walking around in fine atonement, and, and people are respecting them. People are bringing their sacrifices. They're bringing their lambs, their sheep, their, their bulls. Uh, they're bringing their sacrifices to the temple as they are ought, and the, and, the, and the priests are sacrificing these animals. It looks like business as normal, and it looks like down there at the temple, everything is operating as it should be. But the Lord sees all around that peach. The Lord sees all, and all is not good. It is really not good. This past uh, month, actually two months ago, one of you gave me a book to read, and I read it in a week, and that's fast for me. But I started reading it on a little camping trip with my wife. And we sat down, we got all set up at our camp, and it's a beautiful day. And she goes to lay down to read, and I'm sitting in a chair. The temperature is 71 degrees, and there is just a little puff of a breeze. It's just so nice. And I open up this book, and the opening sentence just arrested me. This is the opening sentence to the introduction. It's not even into chapter one. It says, be honest, colon. 
How much time did you spend praising Jesus this morning? Be honest. How much time did you spend praising Jesus this morning? I closed the book and I'm like, oh man, that is good. But it just knifed me. No, I had read my Bible that morning. Don't get me wrong. I had done my Bible reading and uh, prepared to have a great camping trip. But how much time did I spend praising Jesus? I had to say, not a second. Not a second of a minute. It was zero. And I was just arrested by that. Good book, Until Unity by Francis Chan. Good book. Help us to find unity together in all of our different denominations and different groupings. But I felt like that book, that book as I read it about a month ago, I felt like that was uh, reminding me of what, maybe what these, these priests were dealing with. These priests were going about doing their work. They're doing their job. They're doing their duties. They were getting dressed up. They were showing up on time. But what they had done is, as we look back last week, they were receiving uh, animals. They were presenting animals for sacrifice that were blemished, you know. They were buck-toothed. They had three eyes. They were injured. They were broken. And they were presenting this as a sacrifice unto the Lord. And, and the Lord is patient with us, is He not? But He is also sovereign. He is holy. These priests were sacrificing diseased, buck-toothed, broken-legged sheep and patting their pockets, keeping the herd strong, keeping the best back at home to keep multiplying and having strong animals. But this will do for the Lord. This will, this will be a, a sacrifice that will be He can use. And we just kept kind of tolerating and justifying justifying what we're bringing to the Lord. I want to read for you a clear instruction that the priests had in Leviticus chapter 22. Please, in your Bibles, turn with me in Leviticus chapter 22, and I want to read it with you. I want you to follow along with the Scriptures with me so you see for your own eyes what the Word of God has to say, and we value the Word of God. So uh, I, want to, I want to start off by reading Leviticus chapter 22, verse 17. We're going to read through... Verse 25 together. Follow along with me. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons and all the people of Israel, and say to them, When any one of the house of Israel or of the sojourners in Israel presents a burnt offering as his offering for any of their vows or freewill offerings they, that they offer to the Lord, if it is to be accepted for you, it shall be a male without blemish, of the bulls or the sheep or the goats, you shall not offer anything that has a blemish, for it will not be acceptable for you. And when anyone offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord to fulfill a vow or as a freewill offering from the herd or from the flock to be accepted, it must be perfect. There shall be no blemish in it. Animals blind or disabled or mutilated or having a discharge or an itch or scabs you shall not offer to the Lord or give them to the Lord as a food offering on the altar. 
You may present a bull or a lamb that has a part too long or too short for a free will offering. But for a vow offering, it cannot be accepted. Hang on with me. Any animal that has its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord. You shall not do it within your land. Neither shall you offer as the bread of your God. Any such animals gotten from a foreigner. Since there is a blemish in them because of their mutilation, they will not be accepted for you. These are the clear instructions. The clear instructions the priests had to fulfill their job descriptions. And they just sidestepped it. They sidestepped it. So, a big question is what happens when priests please men and not God? What happens when priests please men and not God? And this message um, is still relevant for today because we're going to see through this passage that it's not just about offering sacrifices that these priests were, but they were to give holy instruction. Much like I'm doing here today is, is presenting and preaching uh, forth the Word of God and happens uh, in many different places within the church. But it comes with a, a stern instruction and, and, and warning even in the book of James after Jesus had come, James chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. We who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So keep this in mind as you may envy a, a pastor or a preacher. Uh, be careful about doing so because uh, we will be judged with greater strictness. I want to let you know that the book of Hebrews says that there is uh, no official priesthood in the church any longer. Uh, Christ has become our high priest. Christ has become our high priest. And all Christians, all of his followers, are a kingdom of priests to God. Uh, Hebrews is full of that, the book of Hebrews. So what happens when priests are about pleasing men rather than pleasing God? Why is God so Mad. Because we're going to see how mad he is. First of all, God, God demands honor from his people. God demands it. You'll see it in verse 2. Verse 2 and verse 5. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart, take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts. Take it to heart to give my name the honor it is due. Verse 5, he continues by saying, My covenant with him, that being Levi, was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. This is the good part of our section right here, talking about Levi. Levi got it right. Levi had a covenant with God. You present my offerings. You do this as I want. You teach them their commandments. You know the, my commandments, so therefore you can teach them, and I will give you life and peace. God demands honor. Secondly, the Holy Lord is angry. The Holy Lord is angry, folks. He's upset. He's patient in his anger because he could have just blinked his eyes and they could have all just been a puff of dust. But he's patient with us. He's patient with the priests. 
but he is angry. Look together in the second half of chapter 2, or verse 2 of chapter 2. Then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. Some there's some incredible discipline that the Lord is, is exhibiting here against these priests. Look at them with me. He will curse you. The, the, the blessings that you pronounce as a priest over the people is actually going to be curses from God. Cursing. Not only that, he is going to rebuke your offspring. Your offspring are going to be rebuked. Your lineage is going to be rebuked. He is upset. He is so upset. But these priests, remember how important priests were with, with remaining clean, cleanliness? They couldn't be around anything dead. They couldn't touch anything. He's going to take from these buck-toothed, broken-legged sacrifice, these animals that they're calling a sacrifice, the dung from them, and he's going to smear it on their faces, these priests, in all their regality. He's going to smear it. So he's, going to, he's like, I am displeased. As you see later in chapter 9, I want you completely abased. I want people to be like, to know you have not represented the Lord Almighty. You spread dung on your faces, I'm going to remove you. That's where they would take the dung of these animals. They would take it outside the town and they would burn it. And uh, he's saying, I'm taking you outside of town. I'm going to remove you. i remove you. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. This is brutal. This is anger. John Piper, Pastor John Piper, had a great sentence I just wanted to bring, a great statement I wanted you guys to see. And there is nothing more terrible that can be conceived than to have the beauty of holiness the beauty of holiness, turn against you with omnipotent power and become the rage of God. This is the text I've been able to read and study this week. God is not pleased with His priests. And I might just take a moment here to say this, that unfortunately, some people in this room and at home have been victims of sinful leadership. Leadership that has not represented the Lord Almighty as He is to be represented. Some of you have been abused. Some of you have been misused. Some of you have been neglected. And you're angry. And you're justified. And I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that you've gone through that. 
And as angry as you are, you need to know that the Lord is 10,000 times more angry with that person. And God is a perfect judge, and he will judge well. He will judge correctly. He will be accurate. But I'm sorry that you've gone through that. And please don't allow that misuse, abuse to affect you in your view of Jesus. Mighty and holy Jesus. The perfect almighty. The king of all kings. Please don't let that affect your view of this tremendous, beautiful, good news of the gospel that God presents to each one of us. Please don't let that, that misuse and abuse to keep you from the arms of the loving Father. Please don't. May it never be. We all stumble and fall in many ways. And Jesus is perfect. I want to continue moving forward. The good part of this passage is 4 through 7, verses 4 through 7. The covenant with Levi must be protected. The covenant of Levi. Let's read about it. Verse 4, So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth for he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. That's a good section. That's a good section in this section here. That's a good section. Levi was getting it right. The Lord was getting it right. They covenant. They were both honoring one another in what they were both bringing to the covenant. The Lord, love and peace. The priest, correct instruction. Correct obedience. This fear that the priests were to have, this fear that these priests were to have is, uh, there's, there's two types of fear. There's a, a, a terrible fear of, uh, let's say, an abusive slave master that comes walking into the quarters of the slaves. And everyone fears because he is just going to be abusive. He's going to be a tyrant. And people fear that. That is not the fear that the, the scriptures are using right now. The fear that scriptures are using is like a f the fear that you would have of your father. And, the, and as I had time to study this and think about this, I thought about my own father, and I thought about how he raised me. And, uh, and it was every fall we would gather a bunch of wood that was uh, for firewood. And we, he would cut them up with a chainsaw, and I was, you know, the, 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 12, the eight-year-old, the 10-year-old there out there helping dad on the driveway, and he cut up these logs, these pine logs, and the sections that needed to be split, 
And so after he got done running this big, powerful chainsaw, he sets that down. He's like, boy, now go ahead and set me up a, a log to split. Now you stand back after you get it on there. So I take this big, wobbly, heavy piece of wood, and I set it on the stump. He's like, now back up. Back up farther. Back up farther. And I back up. And I get, is this far enough, Dad? He said, now stand back and watch this. And this big, heavy piece of wood that I could barely get on the stump, she went. My dad could beat up your dad. <laughs> That's where that comes from. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. There's firewood everywhere. Now stack it up, boy. I stack it up. So when it came to a time of leaving, uh, my dad would leave. He'd work Monday through Saturday. And Saturday morning is a sleepy day for Craig, and uh, he'd leave a post-it note for me to see with all my chores to do. Mow the grass, trim the grass, pick up the dog dung. <laughs> do these things. I'll be home at four. So I got time all day, so I'm watching college football, right? And, and uh, then it gets closer to three, and I'm like, oh, I need to get that done. I need to get that done. So I'm racing the lawnmower mower up and down, you know, trying to get everything done in the last bit of time because I wanted to, I, I feared my dad. I love my dad. I love my dad, my father but I do not want him as his discipline. So, I'm a learner. I'm a slow learner, but I'm a learner to get that done on time. Levi feared God and was awe, in awe of his name. Fourthly, the priests have failed greatly. They have failed miserably. Greatly have they failed, the priests. Uh, as we read in verses 8 through 9, the Lord says, But you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. That, that one hurts to read. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. And so I make you despised and abased before all the people, inasmuch as you do not keep my ways but show partiality in your instruction. This is bad leadership. This is corrupt. This is not of the Lord, and he is disciplining them. They are walking around town with poop on their face, despised and abased amongst all the people. They have not kept God's ways and shown partiality in their instruction. This is something we have to be careful about as teachers and preachers of the scriptures is that we not show partiality. That we, we look to honor the Lord first. We, we please the audience of one in when we preach and teach the scriptures, whether it's in our, our DTMs, our life groups, or here, as I counsel, as, as other pastors and elders counsel people, counsel them with the word of God, lead them in great instruction. 
Don't want to show partiality. Don't want to give people favorable treatment. The priests blew it. They blew it. And so have all of us. So have we. Sin has had its way with each of us. And if I give you a moment to think about your own record, you can begin wincing, physically wincing, at what you have done in your rebellion to God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 through 25 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. God has done it all. Our ever-loving and lasting Father has provided His creation, you and me, grace through the shed blood of his son Jesus the Lord does not tolerate sin we think he does because we get away with it and we don't feel any repercussions we don't feel any any we don't when we touch the stove it doesn't feel hot we didn't we didn't get caught but the Lord does not tolerate sin he has zero tolerance for it You think you're getting away with it, but he sees all. He sees all sides of that peach. He saw in and out of that temple what was getting passed. And they were in disobedience. So what do we do? What now? God wanted a spotless sacrifice. He wanted a perfect sacrifice. And in sending his son Jesus, his one and only son, to this world, to this earth, to walk and talk and teach and eat with us. Jesus, sinless in perfection, holy, righteous, went to the cross willingly, willingly, and endured all that torture and shame and mockery and he died. And three days later, he proved he was God. He proved he was the Son of God by raising from dead. Raising from death and coming alive. And this is unlike any other religion in the world. We're saved by grace, the grace of God. Just as he was patient and merciful and not blinking his eyes and turning those priests into dust, He's patient with you and me. And he is a holy God. He does not tolerate sin. Zero tolerance. So for those of us who are in Jesus Christ, in faith with the Son of God, we know we have peace with Almighty God by his grace that he provides for us. So Jesus is the unblemished sacrifice. He's the perfect sacrifice. Sinless and only righteous is Jesus sacrificed. So I say this after over a week of engaging with this passage. I say this a bit shaking in my shoes. 
What do we do? What do we do with this almighty, holy God who tolerates zero sin? And I, I can only come to that we cling to grace. We cling to grace. Just as a young child in the deep end of the pool who doesn't know how to swim is clinging to that wall, we cling to grace. It's our only hope. And when I think about that only hope, it makes me think about we and the priesthood are just this drippy, rotten piece of fruit that can be restored by God himself. It can be restored. He can do it all. He can make that fruit whole. He can make you whole by you being born again. Worship team, would you please come forward and prepare us to, for our last song to sing together. The grace of God is transforming us. That's what happens. That's why we preach and teach the scriptures. That's why when you go to your DTMs next hour, when you listen to this right now, when you go to your life groups this week, the purpose is for transformation, that we would be transformed to become more and more like Jesus, more and more like Jesus. We, we come here to become more and more like Jesus. So as I pray to begin our, of, this past, of this message, I, I'm praying that God speaks to our hearts, your heart, and what you are struggling with right now. What you're holding on to so tightly to be right. I'm praying that we become transformed, become more and more like Jesus. God's patient with us. He's merciful with us. And I believe the grace of God is transforming us. He is changing us. So start today with worshiping Jesus. Start tomorrow morning. A few seconds, a few minutes, worshiping Jesus. Be honest with that. Worship Jesus together. Continue tomorrow. Wake up and worship Jesus. Honor His name. Be in awe of His name. Revere His name. Fear His name. His love for you is real. It's real. And He is patient with you. But come to Him if you have yet to receive the precious blood of Jesus. Faith, call out to him, repent of your sin, and call upon the name of the Lord and believe in the name of the Lord. For all those who have faith in Jesus, I'm asking you, please stand, please stand. We're going to worship together now. Let's worship the Lord together, respond in great adoration for who he is and what he has done. Let's worship him together now. That concludes LifePoint Church's podcast. For more information about our church, visit sharethelife.org.